Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Hey everyone, in this episode, we are going to talk about the health belief model. Now, not only do you have to have working understanding of the health belief model so that you can be successful on your board exams, and you learn about the health belief model in your community dental health course, you also need to understand the health belief model in the clinical setting when you're working with your patients. And I promise you that when you understand the health belief model to its entirety, it will go a long way at really helping you change a behavior with your patients. So in this episode, we're just going to dive right into the components of the health belief model. It kind of works in tandem with some of the other communication strategies that we've talked about in other episodes. So it kind of ties in really nicely to put the theory along with the communication practice. So in this episode, we'll talk about the health belief model, the components of the health belief model, and I'll give you some examples and strategies that you can use with direct patient care to implement your knowledge and understanding of the health belief model in order to make changes in behavior with your patients. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! The health belief model looks at perceived severity. The patient has to perceive that there's something important or of significance, that there's a disease threat. They also have to understand the benefit of taking a particular action related to their health. The health belief model looks at three things, the perceived severity of a disease threat, the benefit of taking a particular action related to health, and the barriers in order to complete that action. The health belief model attempts to change a personal value. So if you're thinking about susceptibility and consequence, those translate to a perceived threat. If you're looking at benefits of action or barriers to action, those point to outcome expectations. And all of it boils down to self-efficacy or the perceived ability by the patient to carry out an action. The health belief model goes a long way at helping the dental provider change a behavior with their patient when they determine during the assessment phase of treatment that their patient is at a higher risk of caries or periodontal disease due to some behavior that the patient engages in. Maybe your patient is a frequent snacker and you make the determination during the assessment that they have a higher caries risk. So how are you going to change the behavior of your patient to not have frequent snacks or maybe they're sipping soda all day long? So your patient has to understand that there is a disease threat, that there's a perceived severity of disease threat based on a behavior that they are doing. They are drinking too much soda or they are drinking too many small snacks all day long. It's important for you as a hygienist to educate your patient on the benefits of taking an action step 
related to improved oral health outcomes. And this is where your education comes in, high demand in order to change this behavior. Now there are some barriers for the patient and it's okay for you to point those out to the patient. There's barriers for them in order for them to change a personal value, which is what we need to do in order to embark change for our patient. So maybe a barrier for your patient is that they're thirsty all the time or that they get hungry a lot and that they like to be a frequent snacker. Whatever the reason is, it's okay for you to point that out, that you recognize that barrier, but keep your focus on their ability to carry out the action and the reasons why it's important. Does the patient even think that they're at risk? Do they think that they are at risk of developing cavities because of their actions? So there's a connection point that needs to be made between what you determine during your assessment and what the patient believes to be true. Before people will actually use health information that you provide them, all the information that you provide them after you've completed your assessment, they must think of it as useful and relevant to them. They must believe that what you're saying is true. And we have so much, so many things in our operatory that can help support our efforts. We can use our intraoral cameras and show them areas of concerns. We can use disclosing solution and show the patient the biofilm that's being left behind in the areas that you're concerned about. Taking those little steps to actually show your patient this information will go a long way in helping them perceive the severity of the disease threat, which is that first thing that they have to understand. They have to understand that they're susceptible and that there's a consequence in order to determine that there's a threat and that they have to take action. The theory or hypothesis with the health belief model is that when your patient has an increased perception of their severity and susceptibility to a disease, results in an increased likelihood that they are going to take action. So taking that extra minute or two to display some of the information to your patient and share the information that led you to the conclusion that they are at risk for disease will go a long way at helping your patient increase their own perceptions of the significance of what you're telling them. We all know that in order to reduce the decay rates and reduce the risk of periodontal disease in our patient, in order to keep them from looking the very same way or worse the next time that we see them, is to increase their knowledge and understanding of what's going on in their mouth so that they can take charge of their own oral health status and they can change a behavior. You want your messaging to your patient to be specific to them. You don't just wanna say the same thing to every single patient who comes into your operatory. That is not genuine, that's not realistic, and that's not fair to the patient. And it's also not fair to you. You have a ton of information to share with your patient that you gathered during the assessment phase. So don't make your interaction with your patient about their oral health needs cookie cutter. You want it to be very specific to that patient. And this is where the health belief model is so important for you to use. You're going to take all the information that you learned during the assessment phase of your treatment plan, during the assessment phase of the appointment, and you're going to develop strategies on, okay, how am I going to educate my patient 
because they really need to change this about what they're doing at home, dot, 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 whatever that is. And it is so important that you use the correct language with your patient, right? You learn all this language, dental terminology, and then we don't want you using that dental terminology with your patient, but it is important for you to use the right language and words for your patient to understand the severity of their disease state. And those words really matter. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So just a review, they have to understand their susceptibility and the consequence of inaction in order for your patient to perceive that there's a threat in order for them to carry out a change of action. They also need to see the benefits of them taking action. Well, what good will come of me taking action steps towards what you're telling me? The patient has to understand where they're at today, what you hope to achieve in the future, what their role is in achieving that goal in the future, and what the outcome will be so that they have something to work towards. Your patient doesn't want to feel overwhelmed and they won't take action if they feel like it won't matter. So you have to not only share with them the information from the assessment in order to change their behavior, but you also want to instill a little bit of a positive spin on what will happen if they do take action. Help them see the benefits of putting in the effort. Help them see that there's a goal that you're trying to achieve with them. So when they get back into your chair the next time they come into the office, you can check on their status and they can see that they're benefiting from all of the steps that they're taking towards improving their oral health. We all need those little incremental celebrations. Even our patients need that. Think about what motivates you to do better or to continue or to keep putting one foot in front of the other. When you start to feel like no matter what you do, you're not going to be successful, you might give up. And your patients are no different in that when you're talking about overcoming an oral health challenge. If there's something that's really challenging for your patient, maybe your patient has drank soda all day long, every day for 10 years, and you're asking them to stop doing it. And that might be more than they can handle. That's too much of a change for your patient in a short amount of time. And then they come back in and they still have rampant decay. So if all of a sudden you're asking them to do something, but they don't see that there's a benefit there, you're going to lose your patient in the process. So figure out a way that you can implement some strategies for your patient to do achievable, small, incremental steps towards their goals, knowing that there might be some setbacks as you go, but keeping yourself informing your patient, knowing that in order for them to take action, they have to see that there's a significant perception that they are at risk of disease, but they also have to see that there's a point, that there's a benefit for them taking action. If you don't have both of those there, you're going to lose your patient in the process. So speak to your patient about their susceptibility, show them the evidence of why you're concerned and what the risks are, but then also show them the benefits of them taking those action steps and support them along the entire process. Think about you in dental hygiene school. If you had to take your national board on week two, it would be catastrophic for you. That would be overwhelming and way too much information. Don't do that to your patient, right? 
Instead, think about your process through dental hygiene school. You complete dental hygiene school one assignment at a time. You have encouragement all along the way from your faculty and your support group and your friends. And even though you might have a setback here or there, you get yourself back on track. And the likelihood is that you take the next action step in order to move yourself forward. So think about your patient. When you are talking to your patient about their oral health needs, you need to walk them down the path of understanding the information that you're trying to share with them. Also let them know what benefits come from them taking action and keep them involved in the process so that they can increase their outcomes. And it's just like anything else. They might not get the desired outcomes that they want right away, but keep the progression going so that they stay on the path towards health. So let me give you an example of the health belief model. Does the patient think that they are at risk of disease? There's the threat. Developing oral cancer as a result of smoking, as example. Does the patient believe that limiting tobacco use, that's their action, would reduce the risk of developing oral cancer? Important for you to know that because that will let you understand their level of motivation to change their behavior. Does the patient believe that side effects from quitting are worse than the effects of oral cancer? This is a barrier in the health belief model. And does the patient believe that they can actually quit smoking? There's your outcome expectation. Before people will use health information, the information must be thought of as useful and relevant to them specifically. It must be user-friendly and it must be convenient, attractive, and really easy for them to use. Take the electric toothbrush. It's pretty easy to use and straightforward, and the benefits and the research say that it's helpful. So the convenience of it, the usefulness of it, it's very user-friendly and easy to use and convenient, helps patients be compliant with its use. The primary theory or hypothesis of the health belief model is that increased perception of severity and susceptibility to disease results in an increased likelihood of taking action. So you have to educate the patient on the disease threat or the severity in order to get a result or increase their likelihood of taking an action step. This is how the health belief model works with motivation. It really is important when you're working with a patient and you're trying to increase their understanding or change their behavior, you want to make sure that your messaging is adequate. I've noticed that if I tell a patient that they have redness, it goes across to them and they hear it a little different than if I say they have gingivitis. If I tell a patient that their gums are bleeding, it's one way to convey the information that maybe you're telling them they have periodontal disease. But if you actually say, the doctor stated that you have periodontal disease, which is an infection in your tissue, there's a different sense of understanding there. And it does go a long way at helping you build motivation and understanding. Just like when you're working with a teenager, it's important to know your audience. It's one thing to say to a teenager that they need to brush better, but it's another thing to say that your teeth are more yellow because of the plaque that you're leaving on your teeth 
and it's probably also contributing to a bad breath situation. So it's important that your messaging really speaks to that patient's needs and understanding of what they need to do and why they need to do it. I would invite you to send me any questions that you need answered. Questions come up when you listen to this podcast. I have a link in the show notes and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Also, I would appreciate a review if you have time to leave one. Thank you so much.